0: Well, good, morning. good morning. It is wonderful to have all of you here this morning. Please join me as we sing the doxology and it's number 549 in your red hymnals. hymn number 725. The disciples came to Jesus asking, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a child, had him stand in front of them, and said, Remember this, Unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who humbles themselves and becomes like this child. And the person who welcomes in my name One such child as this welcomes me. Some people brought children to Jesus for him to place his hands upon them and pray. But the disciples scolded those people. Jesus said, Let the children come to me and do not stop them, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He placed his hands on them. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 485. Take My Life and Let It Be, number 485, Take My Life and Let It Be. go to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, we come before you with all of the needs that we have in our lives, the challenges that we are facing, the things that we are trying to gain understanding about that are occurring in our lives. And Lord, we would just ask that you would give us that wisdom that we need to have, that strength that we need to have, that courage that we need to have, and dealing with all of these different circumstances that we find ourselves in. And God, right now we also call to mind and in prayer the needs of family members and friends, the needs of our fellow patients throughout this medical center, the needs of the staff that are working today, the needs of the family members that we'll be visiting. Lord, you know of all of those needs even before we ask. And God, we lift those needs up to you right now. And Lord, we'd ask that you would give them the same wisdom and strength and courage that they need to have as they face the circumstances that they have in their lives. And Lord, that you would remind us always that your presence of your Spirit is there with us. And Lord, we just are so thankful for that. Remind us, God, to turn to that presence and to hear what it has to say for us in terms of how we can live better for you and how our lives can be lived better overall. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to worship here at this medical center and in this chapel. We do not take it for granted. And it is so grateful that, according to our faith and conscience, we can exercise our religious faith. And we praise you for that. And Lord, we are reminded and we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 480, Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us. 480, Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. is found in the Gospel of John chapter 13 beginning with verse 34 A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful that we've had this wonderful time to pray together, to sing hymns together, to read scriptures together. And doing so, it has been an act of worship to honor and to glorify you. Lord, I'd ask that you would help me to continue that act of worship as I say those things that you have laid on my heart for all of us to hear so that we can understand our relationship better with you and understand our relationship better with each other. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I don't know if you uh, follow the news over the last couple of days, but I think the scripture passage for us to love one another should apply at least as I was looking at the news, and I wonder sometimes what have, has happened with that concept that we are to love one another. Perhaps it is used too much, perhaps it is overdone and it becomes more of a casual understanding that what it really truly means, or perhaps it's not talked about enough so that we can understand it as we interact with each other and our families, with our friends, our coworkers, with people in society, that there should be an overall understanding that we are to love one another. It doesn't mean that we don't disagree with each other, it doesn't mean that we don't have different understandings of situations in terms of our own background, in terms of our own education, in terms of our own experience, and we have our own points of view. I'm not talking about the fact that for us to love one another, we have to agree on everything. In fact, that wouldn't be any fun at all, because then we wouldn't have to exercise the concept of to love one another. Think about that for a minute. If we truly did agree with everything, with everybody, and everybody agreed with us, we wouldn't even have to exercise the whole concept of to be able to love one another, because they would be in agreement with us. They would love us because they would validate everything that we said would be true and we would validate everything that they said would be true. So therefore, even that sense, the concept to love one another would not be valid. But I think one of the things that we miss, and I know some of the things that I have missed in understanding love one another, it's a concept in which we have to learn to live by. Now how do we get there? How do we come to an understanding that if we are to love one another, if we are to treat each other with respect, how do we get there? How do we make it a part of our lives? Well, one of the things that we talked about last week is for us to be able to love each other, we have to be able to love ourselves first. Remember we talked about that last week, that for us to be able to love others, we have to love ourselves first. And it makes perfect sense. Because how can I really love you unless I really know and love myself the way that God has created me? Because if I love myself the way that God has created me with all of my imperfections, with all of my failings, then I can be able to go beyond myself and to love others the way that God has created them with all of their imperfections, with all of their failings. But to even get there first, We have to, I think, make a conscious decision in our own lives to do what is right. So I want to ask you this question, as I asked myself this question this entire week off and on as I was thinking about the sermon this morning. Can I live without doing wrong? Can I live without doing wrong? Or if you don't like that word, Can I live without doing bad? If you don't like that word, can I live without being unrighteous? If you don't like that word, can I live without being ungodly? I know that for myself, for me to get to that place where I want to love myself and then be able to have the ability to love others, I have to be addicted To doing what is good in my life. I know for myself and maybe yourself if you were honest with yourself as I've had to be honest with myself. That I am addicted to doing wrong. I am addicted to doing bad. I am addicted to being unrighteous. I am addicted to being ungodly. Anybody disagree with that? And there's a struggle there. Because I think we would all agree with that. I like doing bad. I like doing wrong. It's harder to do good. It's harder to do the right thing. But yet that is what we should become addicted to in our everyday lives to live a life that honors God to live a life that honors Christ to live a life that loves one another and as I've been thinking about it this week it's been a struggle but I have caught myself to ask myself that question am I addicted to doing wrong or am I addicted to doing right am I addicted to doing bad Or am I addicted to doing good? That sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, right? (laughs) In fact, my favorite book for Dr. Seuss is Green Eggs and Ham. Those of you who are familiar with that. But it is true. And I don't think we talk about the fact that in our own lives, we should become addicted to doing good. And once again, we're not going to always get it right. We are imperfect, but that does not mean that we should not strive to the correct lifestyle that God wants us to have, and that is addicted to doing good, because it is far easier to be addicted to doing bad. So it is a struggle. I am not saying anything here that's going to be easy for me to do or for you to do, But yet I think it's something that we should focus on in our lives to make our lives better. And I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for different ways to make my life better. And I think this whole idea and this concept of being addicted to doing good will make my life better. And I want to suggest it to you that it will make your life better as well. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have conflicts. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems. It doesn't mean that everybody's going to love you and that they're going to be so wonderful to see you. No, on the contrary. If you start addicting to being good, they're going to question your behavior because it's something new and it's something that they have never seen before, and they're going to be the doubters, and they're going to ask the question, what is he up to now because he's trying to be good? What does he want from me because he's trying to be good? And you just have to honestly say, if that question comes up, that you are just trying to be good because you have found that good is the best way for you to live. Good is a way that you have been able to see that you can truly love yourself for the way God has created you. And it is in that foundation of good that as you love yourself that you are able to love others. So the challenge is this, do we have, do I have, do you have, the strength and the courage to become addicted to doing good? That is the question. And the scriptures that we have read this morning tells us that we are to love one another. And the only way that we can do that is to become addicted to doing good, then all of the other things will fall in the line the way that they should. And the end result is for us to be able to follow that new command to love one another. And we do so because as followers of Jesus Christ, that is the model that we are to follow. The model of humility, the model of patience, the model of forgiveness, the model of understanding, the model of compassion. And we only get there by being addicted to what is good and to doing good in our lives. Because your motivation will be questioned. You yourself will question your own motivation as to why you are doing this. And quite simply, your motivation is this, that as a follower of Jesus Christ, God has given you this overall command through his Son that we are to love one another. That's only the explanation that you give. That's only the motivation that you have. Because it is the right thing for you to do. But once again, it is not going to be easy. In fact, to be addicted to doing good, I would argue, is probably the most difficult thing that I am ever trying to do. And I think in the same way, you would agree with me that doing good is difficult. It is demanding. It requires our lives to be in such a way that we are focused on the whole idea of doing good. Because it is so easy to do bad. Because we get lazy. We get tired. We get to the point where we don't care anymore. We justify our actions. But yet if we look at it in terms of a lifestyle in which it is addicting to us, it is something that we'll get in our lives we'll be so consumed by it that we won't do or want to do anything other than doing what is good. And our lives will benefit from it. The people that interact with us in our lives will benefit from it. The change of heart, the change in spirit that we will exhibit will be so beneficial to so many people that we probably won't even know all of them, but they'll see a different attitude about us in terms of who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. And it begins with our desire to follow the example of Jesus Christ and to become addicted to doing good in our lives. Because if you are struggling, if I am struggling with loving other people, it means that my life, it means that your life, is not productive. It's not the way that you should be living. Now there are some people in my life that I am really struggling to love. I am really struggling to do good for and with. And so what I do, instead of even going there, I avoid the entire situation of having any kind of interaction with them because I know I am going to be tested in terms of whether I truly do love them. Does anybody else avoid those kind of situations where you know you cannot stand that person and you don't want to be around them because it's going to be so hard for you to even attempt to love them? But yet... I know that that's what I have to do. And the only way that I am going to be able to get there is if I start being addicted to doing good right now, today. Because I know that that will lead to the understanding of how I'm supposed to love myself as God has created me. And that will give me the ability in terms of His strength, in terms of His understanding, for me to love others. And that is what we are commanded to do. And in doing good, we will see that our lives are productive. And we will see the significance of why God wants us to love one another. And in that significance, we will find that purpose that all of us are looking for. All of us continue to look for that meaning and that purpose that God wants us to have. And the other thing that we shared last week, we talked about the whole idea that if you are not growing in your life, somehow, some way, that you are dying. That if you're not growing in terms of making yourself as a better person, if you're not growing emotionally and spiritually, if you're not growing in the things that you need to be challenged with to expand in terms of who you are as a person so you can better identify with the needs of others as you see your own needs being taken care of, that if you are not growing, you are dying. And none of us should be dying. All of us should always be attempting to grow and to live better every day of our lives. Regardless of how much experience you've had, regardless of your age, you still need to be able to continue to grow because when you stop growing, you start dying. And I don't think any of us wants to start dying. All of us, I think, deep down inside have that desire to continue to grow, to continue to live because then we see what the relationship is truly with Jesus Christ if you truly do claim to be some sort of Christian and if you're not exhibiting or even attempting to exhibit the love that God wants you to show to others then I think you should examine as to whether you are a Christian or not because that's what we're supposed to be doing I'm not saying it gospel of john here says it the other gospels talk about it the pauline epistles talk about it the whole idea for us to be able to love one another because then if we are doing that then we truly are abiding in christ the way christ wants us to be part of our lives and in doing so we are truly abiding in the love of christ we understand that his addiction to good is an example to us in terms of us having that same addiction for doing good. And we abide in the love of Christ. We understand the concept of service. We understand the concept of sacrifice. And it is not easy. It will require to give up something. What is that? Maybe our pride from time to time. Maybe some financial things. maybe. Maybe some inconvenience but are we really giving up anything at all? Because what do we get in return? We get a life that gives us purpose, meaning. We get a life that gives us peace. We give, give a life that truly transforms us in terms of who we are as a person and we never thought that we could live this way in such a freeing way, understanding God's grace, being consumed by God's love. Are you really, truly giving anything up if that's what you've given return, I would say that by giving those things up that you're struggling with, that you get tenfold back, you get a hundredfold back, you get a thousandfold back in terms of the benefits of giving those things up that is keeping you from being addicted to doing good in your everyday lives. And in doing so, we truly begin to see and understand through God's Word, through our time of prayer that we have with God. You know, and prayer is something very special. Prayer is something very individual because the way that God communicates with me is not the same way that He communicates with you. So it's a very, very, very private time between you and God. But that's when God reminds us to do those things that are good in our lives, to take responsibility, because if we are in the process of being addicted to good, we take ownership for the things that we are doing in our lives. And then we see, really, who we are in Christ. C.S. Lewis said, You don't know how bad you truly are until you try to be good. You don't know how really bad you are until you try to be good. And that's where it comes down to. It's for us to try. Am I willing to try today to, to continue to be actively involved in being addicted to being good? Are you willing to try today to be actively involved in being addicted to doing good? That's a question that we have to answer on a daily basis it's a response that I think God wants us to have to answer in the affirmative for us to say yes I'm willing God to try today to be addicted to doing good because I know that it is the best thing for me and I know it's not going to be perfect and I know I'm going to say and do some things that are not going to be good but God I am going to do what I can with your power and with your strength to achieve a good day In doing good for myself and in doing good for others. Because you see, then you are practicing the words of the whole idea, the whole concept of love one another. Because in doing good for yourself, you have that desire to do good for others. And you're demonstrating who you are as a follower of Jesus Christ. Because you're living that one day at a time. Doing good for yourself, doing good for others. And you share in that life when you do good. And it doesn't mean that everyone's going to agree with you. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to be responding positively to your ideas and your thoughts. And the way that you see things. But there is always a way to do good for yourself and others Every day, And in doing so, you truly take the concept of all wrong, and you adapt the concept of all right. So when you see yourself in the morning, when you are reminded that you are to love yourself, it's not from the standpoint, it's not from the vantage point of all wrong, it's from the vantage point of all right. You are all right this morning. And when you get up tomorrow and you see yourself in the mirror and you say, It is all right. And that's how you should begin your day. Because then you see what it truly means to love one another. And people will know and see the difference. And in doing so, they will see what Christ really truly represents to you and to me. Because that's what they see. They see our actions. They see our attitudes. They see who we are as a person. And if we are addicted to doing good, then Christ is glorified. God is glorified. And in return, we receive a blessing that is far beyond our understanding, that gives us that peace that we want to have every day in our lives, that provides for us that purpose and that meaning that we all are seeking. And we just sense the power of the love of God within our lives. And we just begin to say thank you. And we just embrace it. And that intimacy that you have one-on-one with God. Because God knows whether you're addicted to doing good. And he wants you to do more of that because that is the way that we should be living in all things. Amen. Please take a few moments to prepare your hearts for communion. And we practice open communion here in the chapel. And what that means is if you believe that you have a relationship, but God, through His Son, Jesus Christ, you are all welcome to take communion with us. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us that it is not easy to be addicted to doing good, but it is something that you want us to do. It is something that you truly want us to be to make our lives better in the lives of those around us. And Lord, forgive us when we have chosen to do things that are wrong that are bad that are unrighteous that are ungodly and Lord we know that you forgive us that you love us just for the way that we are we understand your grace and Lord we are so thankful for that God thank you for forgiving us of our sins and our desire to just want to have fellowship with you by publicly testifying that we want to be reestablished with you, God. Thank you for forgiving us and loving us just the way we are. In Christ's name, amen. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn this morning is Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of My Heart, number 486. Be Thou My Vision, O Lord of My Heart. God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us that you want us to do good in our lives every day. And God, help us to do that. And God, we know that by doing that, we will benefit ourselves and those that are around us. Give us the strength and the courage that we need to have. And now, may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.